It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time we talked about Rocco's Zanzibar episode, a musical episode that somehow we actually both loved. We thoroughly did. Sorry about last week, another one of those. We kept scheduling times and just kept both of us having to miss them because our lives are not well fit together, I think, (laughs) schedule-wise. But we sure do try. We've made it 125 episodes. Congratulations to us and to you guys. So we have a double episode this week to make up for the gap. Um, So we also put out our weekly Twitter poll last time, asking you guys, which upcoming TV movie are you more excited for? Rocco's Static Cling or Zim's Enter the Florpus? We did not include the upcoming uh, It's a Wonderful Sponge movie, the ridiculously named uh, third movie of the apparent trilogy, even though the first two had absolutely nothing to do with each other. Uh, We did not include that. You guys picked Rocco's Static Cling, which I'm so glad that you did i for one and way more excited about this one than zim but that's just me yeah and we were a little we're a little biased towards rocco's a little biased against zim's not horribly horribly so but just you know who we are as people but we yeah, both I was a little are surprised. Uh, we both are so random uh colon oh, three <laughs> <laughs> the worst <sighs> All right, but this week we are continuing on with our Avatar The Last Airbender watch. We are on episode 13 now, moving right on along there. So uh, I think we're getting closer to the end of book one, right? Yeah, I think it's 20 episodes, and I think we might combine the finale. So we're like a solid like three months away. (laughs) (laughs) I like our slow and steady pace, though. I won't apologize for it. It's going to have a great payoff when we all reach the end together. Yeah, and for anyone who's watched further ahead without us, we definitely don't blame you. I know if it's your first watch through, I definitely would not be this patient. So (laughs) I figure either way, it's a good way to uh, reflect back on what you watched over a slow and steady period of time. Totally. Yep. And I love slowly rewatching it, too, because I always end up binging this show and missing things. So, um, yeah, follow us on Twitter at FNN underscore podcast and Facebook, facebook.com slash FNN podcast. Review us on Apple Podcasts so others can find the show. Check out our YouTube page. And thank you to all of you who have already joined our Instagram page. We've been getting more likes there than we ever did on Twitter. So, Allie the Writer, uh, maybe we've got a PR spot for you once we're making some real money here. (laughs) (laughs) Any day Uh, now. Any day now. We're going to get in those big sponsors, I'm sure. It's one of those long-term investments. We're really (laughs) waiting it out. I think it's going to break soon. Any day. Any day. (laughs) With that, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's get started. From the Nicktoon Animation Studio in Hollywood. Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. All right, so like Ashley said, this episode is book one, episode 13. It is called The Blue Spirit, and it originally aired on June 17th, 2005. And in this one, Aang must travel to an herbalist to retrieve a cure for the ill Sokka and Katara. While returning to his friends, he is attacked and captured by the, and correct me on the pronunciation, is it Yuyan archers? Yeah. Okay. Not the, Ye- not the Yiga clan. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar, though. Very similar. Yes. 
who uh, <laughs> were sent after him by the newly promoted Admiral Zhao, a mysterious masked swordsman, the Blue Spirit, then assists Aang in escaping his imprisonment. And uh, we find out over time, get ready for the suspense, guys, who the mysterious Blue Spirit of the title of the episode is. Yeah, I couldn't believe Appa could even fit in that suit. It was really amazing. <laughs> yeah, so so it does end up being, because we're, we're not really a spoiler-keeping podcast. You're not literally listening to this while watching it. Cause right, that would be would. chaos. <laughs> um, but it is Zuko. And, you know, Casey and I have both seen this before. But we were saying that was honestly shocking to me the first watch through. I don't know who I thought it was. I didn't mm-hmm. really... I don't know. Like, I, I just kind of was like, huh, I guess there's this weird new character they're bringing in. I don't know. Like, it just didn't, it did not occur to me that it would be him. Yeah, I assumed it was an introduction of a new character as well. And they do a smart job of keeping this episode. Like, there's a lot of comedy um, and it's pretty fast paced. So you don't really even stop to realize that Zuko hasn't been shown the whole episode. Yeah, And I think he's shown in the very beginning, maybe. Am I wrong on that? I could be wrong on that. He's definitely showed at the very end, but that's different. I mean, like, with um, Iroh and all that. But for some reason, I feel like him and Iroh might have been chilling around at the very beginning. It I don't matter. think so, because the open is with Zhao uh, talking, becoming an admiral. Oh, you're right. And, you're right. you know, ordering the, the Yiga clan of this universe. So I keep calling them that. That's this, like, organization in Breath of the Wild of, like, these ninja-type warriors and... I don't know, the two, the Wise, the Yuyan Archers, the Yiga clan, but, but yeah, Z- uh, Zhao becomes an admiral, and that's, it doesn't seem like a big plot point, but it really is. It's, he was already a major adversary to both Zuko and Team Avatar, and now he's an even bigger one. Yeah, and, and that's kind of important as to why Zuko does what he does, right? It kind of shows that he's not really pro- fire nation so no. much as he is pro himself right he's, he's pro rogue. pro honor you might say um but yeah backing up a little bit we we see that um well first it's just Sokka is sick from the storm in the previous episode and he's just delusional he thinks he's an earthbender and he's like take that you rock like he's just losing it and quickly after Katara gets the uh, the same ailment, and there is a convenient nearby herbalist that Aang decides to venture out to see, which is kind of just a weird side plot point, but it's uh, it's interesting at least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. Right at the beginning of this episode, one of the funniest plot points for me is. Sokka with whatever illness he has it's like he's not on meds but he's so loopy and he is he's like you guys know you know what I like the most about Appa his sense of humor and he like snorts and rolls over and Sokka just goes classic Appa (laughs) I just feel like that joke was a little ahead of its time like that's more like 2010s humor to me I don't know Yeah, no, it's it's gold. The, the whole thing is gold. And, and again, there is a lot of this sort of comedic relief going on. And, um, yeah, then Aang gets to the herbalist and she's nuts. Just straight up nuts. <laughs> yeah, she's a fun little character. Uh, Aang just goes, you're insane, aren't you? She goes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, she also, she spends a whole bunch of time, like, putting together this concoction and 
Aang assumes that it's to help his friends. And then, I don't know if it's, like, literally a cat. It's to feed her pet. It's, like, her pet's food, <laughs> who's apparently a really picky eater. After we spend, like, a good, I don't know, a while watching her pick up various herbs and things. And then she's like, oh, you just need to get these frozen frogs and you need to suck on them. That's That's what you gotta do. And... To be honest with you, like, I was a little skeptical. I thought maybe she was screwing with him. But we find out by the end of the episode that, indeed, sucking on frozen frogs is the way to get rid of whatever illness they had. Yeah, the unspecified, yeah. So I watched both Mary Poppins movies this week. The original is a refresher, which holds up. It's amazing. It's so good. They don't make them like Julie Andrews anymore. It's entertaining, funny. The songs are great. Mary Poppins Returns, also really good. I enjoyed it. I know it's been... I don't know. Did you see it? I, I've seen neither in okay. my lifetime. So Well, where I'm going with this is the old woman seems kind of like there's a one-off character in both of these movies where they kind of stumble upon them and the character is crazy and zany and entertaining and then gone <laughs> forever after that. It's I think Alice in Wonderland has a lot of that too, but that's what this old woman reminded me of. This sort of fairy tale like you stumble into her hut, she says a bunch of crazy things. If this were a musical world, she would sing a song about her like weird perspective on life and then you'd never see her again yes absolutely and (laughs) again it's kind of just a fun weird distraction from what's going on with this intensity with Zhao getting his uh you know his promotion and everything and this is kind of just a lighter hearted feel but yeah, then he, and it um, is a little fillery. It's interesting that people don't like The Great Divide, but do like this episode. Maybe because there is major plot development, even if the B-plot is kind of nothing. Yeah, I, and I think it still has more progression, perhaps, than right. The Great Divide does. Um, and right, I guess like, just the role of Aang having to play caretaker to Sokka and Katara is a bit of a dynamic change, too. Yeah, for sure. And then... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's... We, we also get the sort of more character development on Zuko, too, right? Um, yeah, Where we, we understand just how... Because we, we've known for a while that he's dedicated to his cause. That's certainly shown. But, like, just how much he's... It needs to be him to capture the Avatar. Like, he won't settle for anything else. Um, right. There's a couple of other fun moments that I want to mention. Um, we, we do flip back to Katara and Sokka with their, their sickness. And Katara is thoroughly convinced that she can clarify to Momo that she needs water. And that Momo would understand and be able to bring back water. And that's just like a, a recurring <laughs> bit that I love. Any bits, there's some more coming that I won't spoil, but any bits with the animals doing human-like things is really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, it just works. It really does. Because Momo's know, it's not... really trying, too. <laughs> yeah, Momo keeps bringing back, like, random things because Momo doesn't understand. And and we do kind of see from Momo's perspective, right? Like, Momo doesn't speak English. Um, mm-hmm. And he keeps bringing back, like, this? Is this whatever I, I can't remember exactly but just like random stuff and she's like no water like, momo i need water like do you watch the good place yeah i do in season one where janet uh 
Michael needs something from Janet and she keeps bringing him like random other things. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's it's something specific. Is it like toasters or something that she I keeps don't remember. That that but, sounds plausible. <laughs> but like Momo, that's Momo in this scenario. <laughs> just thinks he's being so helpful. <laughs> and she keeps just being like, What's what is this? And you know, it's again, it's it's just lighthearted. But then we do get a semi intense moment, right? When Aang is captured, and, um, you know, there's some amount of concern here, right? That he's now in Fire Nation um, captivity, and he's, you know, not really seeing a whole lot of ways out until we see this this blue spirit chime in here. And I, I really love, there's like these little bell noises every time he shows up that I, I don't yeah. really know how to describe it. but It's like it a just, motif. Yeah, and it's it's really fitting. Yeah, I love when they have those little things that signify what's going on. It just helps for clarity. It's more effective storytelling. And yeah, we're on like the third time Aang has been captured now, if I'm counting correctly, I think. But this is definitely the most dire so far, I think. Maybe episode two when he willingly goes with them. Um, yeah, but in this case, we also know, like, the rest of his team is incapacitated, right? Like, they mm-hmm. are out of their minds, which maybe that's part of why they do it even, is to make him feel less supported by his team, right? Like, he really needs somebody to come in here or he's going to be doomed. Right, and yeah, the it's what's neat about Zuko being the blue spirit is this idea that him and Aang have to work together to save Aang and to save Zuko, because if he can capture the Avatar, he'll go back to his life, so he thinks. We don't really know how that would work, you know? Would his father find another reason to hate him? Would anything really change for Zuko, or would they just be opportunistic and take the Avatar from him and not acknowledge it? I don't know. Maybe he would restore his honor, but I don't think he'd be happy. Yeah, it's... It's a complicated deal here. The other thing that's kind of interesting to me is he doesn't try that hard. And maybe he's just exhausted from the whole thing. But he doesn't really try that hard to keep Aang, right? Once they're out, um, he does, you know, um, Aang kind of talks about like, you know, I wonder if we knew each other back when we were both kids, if we could have been friends too. And then Mm -hmm. Zuko kind of tries to burn him and Aang runs away. But it's really not like a... It's not like a big fight, right? Like, this is Zuko we're talking about, and typically he would try a lot harder. So it's almost... I, I don't know. I, like, I've never really known yeah, what to put that point. at. And I don't think it's an error in the writing either. Like, it seems like Zuko almost deliberately lets him go, as crazy as that sounds. Like, yeah. you're right, he normally would put up more of a fight. Also, Aang is so quick. You know, yes. it's really hard to catch an airbender. But still, like, he would have at least... Or, or put some more precaution in after they got out. I don't know. Like, I just feel like he could have, right? Like, he could have done something more. Or right. once they're outside of the thing. And maybe it's maybe it's that he doesn't feel like it's the right way to capture the Avatar. Or maybe he wants, like, you know, because this is kind of just like a stolen capture. Maybe it's part of the honor is that he needs to really capture him. I don't know. Right. Well, and also he got shot, too. That's so true. That's like I said, he, it could just be that he's tired. And they, because he got shot by the UN, the UN archers, because they say uh, Zhao c- commands them to shoot the spirit first, he says. And they do, and I don't know why. Like, 
obviously Aang's gonna be harder to catch. Well, th- their argument is that they don't want Aang to die, right? True. Yeah, that's true. He says specifically, oh, yeah, like, go we, get need him. Him, right. we need him alive, and so they don't want to risk... Yeah, because that's the genius of this world, right? Is if you kill the Avatar, there's just gonna be another one. <laughs> right, right. And, and it would be in the... Uh... Well, that's kind of interesting. Well... Anyways, <laughs> it would not be in the Fire Nation, too, right, is right. important. I mean, given they would still have a long time. Yeah, to, would uh, they have an incentive to kill the Earthbending Avatar then? I think they would. Yeah, it's it's complicated. Um, in, in any case, I mean, I, I think part of it, too, is that they want to make sure that there's kind of a almost like a show of it too right like we've mm-hmm. captured the avatar here he is like we've got him like they don't want it to just be this quick make him dead kind of thing like they want to take him i think he says to you like they want to take him to the fire lord right they want it to be like right uh just like a thing like it's the fire lord's job to be able to take him out kind of a deal and also i think even if it was a fire avatar any avatar is a threat to this regime because they're supposed to bring the world together. So I think they would capture whatever avatar, even if it was fire. Because you you can assume the avatar is born above partisan politics, like that the avatar would do the right thing, even being born in the Fire Nation regime. But who knows? Sure. But, I mean, we do see, I mean, a little bit like in... um in Korra, right? She's a little bit more impressionable at a younger age still, right? True. So like yeah. if if they were raised in such a way that they only knew the Fire Nation, right? Like it, it's hard to know. Yeah. Um anyhow. Um Yeah, so and it's neat how then Aang has to save Zuko when Zuko gets shot. Like Aang chooses to save him because oh, this is the person that saved me, not even knowing he was helping another captor of his. Yeah, it's it's really an interesting dynamic, and and again, I think yeah, maybe just his injury is part of why he can't quite keep up with it. It's it's just an interesting interesting dynamic there of, you know, Zuko could have just let him stay captured, and the Fire Nation would have had him, and and you know maybe eventually Katara and Sokka would have gotten better or something, but we really have no way of knowing that things would have gone their way otherwise. Um, yeah, and, and it, it does go ahead. When Aang gets back, there's this really heartbreaking line because Sokka is still all loopy and he's like, Aang, how was your trip? Did you make any new friends, you know, while while he's still <laughs> sick? And Aang just goes, no, I don't think so. Just the, the thought that he might have made a friend, but he's still alone. You know, he's got his buddies, but um, it's a lonely life that he has. And of course, he thought he had a friend and it turns out it was just another person trying to manipulate him. Yeah, it's it's a difficult moment. It, it it's kind of understandable, right? It it would be really odd if all of a sudden Zuko and Aang just made up here, right? Like it it would feel extremely out of place, I think, if Zuko was like, "Yeah, I think we could have been friends. Let's work together." Like it that would not make sense. So it is sad in a sense, and it's it's almost sad in that Aang has this, such a strong innocence in him and such a strong, almost need to trust people that he thinks that there's a chance that they can almost get along right here. And I, I don't even think he's necessarily naive enough to really think that's going to happen. But I think he has some amount of hope in him that, like, we can bridge this gap here 
And yeah. again, that's just that's just not where Zuko's at. No, but he sees their similarities, even though Zuko doesn't. They are kindred spirits, as we've seen again and again. Yeah, and and I think Aang is in a better place to be able to see that, right? Right now, Zuko is he's still in just a very angry place, right? And and uh, when he gets back to the ship with Iroh, I can't remember exactly what goes down, but he just says something about like, "I'm going to bed. Don't talk to me." Um, and that's about it, right? Like he's he's just got a lot going on in his head and you do you know in a, in a sense feel bad for him I feel like right like he's he's still young he's struggling through all of this but yeah uh, uh, Aang is definitely in a, in a better place to be a little more reflective than he is absolutely yeah uh, that's kind of all my thoughts on this episode they suck on the frogs and immediately get better which okay <laughs> Yeah, they they immediately get better and they like are disgusted by the fact that they're sucking on the frogs. Like, right. It's like really for... you're complaining now after all Aang went through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know again it's it's the fun little bit there, but we do get just a lot of interesting Aang Zuko dynamic, and I think it's interesting too to see them without the rest of Team Avatar. Right? It's it's really just based on them. But um, that's all I have. Are we ready to move on to your segment? I think so, yeah. I've got a quick one, but similar to the, like, food and games ones, it's another where just I'm going to touch on all four of the kingdoms uh, in the medical care and what we know about that because Mm. of our frog-sucking theme in this episode. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, the quote of the episode, my friends need to suck on those (laughs) from Aang. So... Um, yeah, let's take a look. Uh, I don't think they have something on every tribe. I'm on the science in the world of Avatar page. So for the air nomads, they really don't have many known scientific breakthroughs or technological advancements. So their bending abilities were the key part of their science. So there's not a whole lot of bending you can do in medicine. But could you imagine if you could like bend the oxygen molecules around bones to mend them and stuff like that like (laughs) i wonder if they could do anything like that bone Um, bending would be wild (laughs) but which bender like could the water benders bend the marrow like is it earth because it's like carbon based (laughs) yeah it'd be a complicated situation (laughs) everything but fire could apply (laughs) Um, in the water tribe, some waterbenders have an ability known as healing, which has allowed their nation to develop a strong base in medical science. Uh, their anatomical knowledge uh, is very high. They have very sophisticated healing techniques where they can heal wounds and lacerations, diseases brought on by pollution. It says mental illness. I wonder where that comes from in the show, because hmm. that's so interesting to me, but I don't remember it in The Last Airbender. Not um, off the top of my head, no. But I'll bet they would would have some nice water-based remedies, I guess, for some mental illnesses. That's really cool. Uh, burns as well. So, uh, And they have a lot of schools where they train healers. So healers are like doctors, I guess, for them. Um, and they use chi paths as well for healing. Um, okay. In the Earth Kingdom... 
they have a considerable degree of medical knowledge. They use a lot of medicinal plants to treat disease. Uh, they make herbal teas, and they use massage therapy. Could you imagine laying on a massage table in an earth bender, just like bending it underneath you? Oof. <laughs> that would either be, be really nice or yeah. painful. <laughs> Um, like, there are some earthbenders later on in the show who I would not want an earthbending massage from. <laughs> be a quick way to a severed spine, I feel like. Um, yeah, they use salves and ointments as well. Um, they use acupuncture. They insert fine needles into specific points to relieve pain, which just like in our world. Uh, they use fire cupping. Um, which where you place heated glass bowls over the acupuncture points to draw out malignant energy. That sounds very painful. Uh, the, Earth ben- the Earth Kingdom is also where the most surgery happens in the Avatar universe. Uh, there are lots of doctors in the larger cities and some in smaller towns and within military units. Uh, they have lots of physicians and herbalists. And uh, animal products such as frozen wood frogs are sometimes used in traditional Earth Kingdom medicine. So that is where our uh, frog cure comes from, the Earth Kingdom. The Fire Nation has a lot of medical knowledge as well. Uh, They have places that treat mental health patients, um, which actually does become relevant later on in the show, but I won't get into that. And uh, just like in the Earth Kingdom, they have lots of uh, teas and relaxing yoga in hot springs. So yeah, that's... uh... And then of course in Korra, medical science has improved a lot because it's like the future. Um, Yeah, I just thought that was interesting to dig into some of the medical practices of this world. Yeah, no kidding. And I think that's another one of those little details that we don't really think too much about, right? That obviously they... They have to have some form of medicine here, right? So, yeah, really, really cool find there. Yeah, I thought it was fitting for this specific episode (laughs) where very rudimentary medical knowledge was practiced, but it was effective nonetheless. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just gotta suck on some frogs, you know? It just is what it is. (laughs) It's our official motto of the podcast. (laughs) It also really quick reminded me a little bit, and I won't get into the details for our younger listeners, of um, a certain remedy mentioned in the Book of Mormon, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. You're so right. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, God. Uh, with right. that, good to conclusion? Let's do it. All right, guys, we're not going to have a Twitter poll for this one because we're doing a dual release, so the second one's going to be where that Twitter poll's at, so... That's it for that. Next week, we're going to be covering Hey Arnold, just like you guys voted. We are so excited to return to this awesome show, and we picked a really special episode for this one. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to chatting about this one. It's been quite a while, I feel like, since we've... Well, not quite a while. I guess longest Monday wasn't too long ago. But right. always... Oh, and we did the pilot, too. We always forget oh, that. Oh, you're right. But well, that doesn't really count. Also, I think never I said enough. next week. It's it's not next week. It's next up in your podcast queue. <laughs> yes, yes. Same same week. It's great great time to be alive, guys. <laughs> um, with that, be sure to check out our Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and our new Instagram as well. And uh, yeah, 
thanks for following us on any and all of those that you do. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in just a moment.